1: So we are super excited to be introducing some fresh new formats to the mix here on Spark Podcast. Our new hot take segments, which you may have heard now, just launched a few weeks back and it tackles hot topics in conversation with expert guides from the Spark Brain Trust. And today we are sharing the second installment in another fun new episode format that we call Spark Stories, where we spotlight the experience of one person. And explore how they built a living and a life that honors and celebrates and centers the parts of themselves that truly make them and their work come alive. That sparks what they do and who they are. And today, I am excited to introduce you to Azariah Whitecuff. She grew up in Boulder, Colorado on a family farm, now known as Yellow Barn Farm, that had been used for everything from horses to food and different uses over decades but then headed east to go to college as so often we do and thought she was never coming back. While there, she founded a moving company in Boston, but something inside her, it called her back to Boulder in the fall of 2020. And shortly after she arrived, she was greeted with a profoundly transformational experience in the form of a raging wildfire that almost destroyed the family farm. At the very last minute, after they had evacuated thinking it was all gone, shifting winds spared it leaving her to return on a mission, to reimagine the land as a regenerative, sustainable, biodynamic ecosystem, not just a farm, but a community where she's working to bring together different farmers and local stakeholders to create something truly extraordinary together, a model for the future. And the sparkotypes, as we'll discover, played a very cool role in all of this. Now, a quick word also before we dive in, we actually had this conversation while walking through the land at Yellow Bond Farm. So you may hear all sorts of different outdoor noises as we navigate that very spot that just months before had nearly been taken away by fire. Excited to share Azurai Whitehouse's Sparked story. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked. The
0: LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA.
1: And we're at Yellowbone Farm, which is this really kind of fascinating place. Your family has actually had this property for about two decades now. Yeah. But it's changed in a lot of ways over
0: yeah. that time. Yeah, it used to be a big horseback riding facility. Uh, we were doing big dressage competitions and we had over 50 horses being boarded here. I myself grew up riding horses. My sister was riding competitively in dressage and had won first in the nation. It was a pretty insane place to grow up. We had a bunch of different animals: pigs, goats, sheep, alpacas, miniature donkeys, and even a tortoise.
1: That's amazing. The farm right now is is, is sort of like in this period where it's changing in a really dramatic way. So tell me what's going on, like, in the place.
0: Yeah. So we've had this farm for about twenty years, and For the last five years, we really kind of let the land go back to sleep. All the horses left. We stopped everything that had to do with horseback riding. And we were really looking to sell the property. But it seems like every single time that we have tried to sell it, Uh, We have had multiple people come ready to sign contracts, done all the due diligence, and for whatever reason, something's always fallen through. And it's kind of felt like this boomerang we've thrown out into the universe, and it's always come back to us. And I myself kind of disassociated from the farm when I was 16. Just a lot going on in life and didn't really want to be here anymore and really wanted to focus on school and friends. And ultimately went to college, moved to Boston, was running a moving company, Learned a lot of incredible skills, and then after the pandemic happened, (laughs) I really started getting this call to come back home, to be back in nature and around the earth and the land and to really start stewarding this property.
1: Yeah, and I mean, literally, you got here, and within hours almost, from the time that you got here, I mean, we're walking on this dirt road in this property, and what's out in front of us is a hill that we're kind of looking up at. So what, what happened yeah. right when you got here?
0: It was pretty wild. I got back here on October 15th, and on October 17th, the Calwood Fire happened. And every single year, we have always had to evacuate with fires around the vicinity, but I've never seen anything get this close. It came over the mountain ridge, and within 45 minutes, we had to completely evacuate the property, and they locked us out. And you couldn't even get a mile within the area for a whole week. And we thought that the farm was totally gone for sure. There was just no way it was going to survive. There were 100 mile an hour winds coming down the mountainside.
1: So you literally left. The fire is literally feet away. It's coming towards the farm and you have no way of knowing whether anything was safe. So in your mind, it's gone.
0: Yeah, it's gone. I pretty much written it off. I was like, great. I just drove back, totally sealed up my entire life to come back to a place that's not going to exist in a week. And we came back on the land a week later and saw that the fire had stopped three feet in front of the first structure on the property. The winds had changed direction and blew north, ripped around the entire property of these 100 acres and burned all the bramble and brush, jumped over the highway and didn't touch a single structure on the property.
1: Unbelievable. (laughs) And that's kind of a sign.
0: (laughs) I took it as such. Yeah, I really took that as a sign to get it in gear and really start taking this seriously and making things happen. So here we are. We have partnered with this incredible group of researchers uh, called Drylands Agroecology Research, and they are really focusing on regenerative land design, using permaculture techniques to really bring the soil back to life and to make this incredibly beautiful biodiverse ecosystem.
1: Right. So now you're sort of here investing in, completely reimagining what this farm was for 20 years and this has been around also you know generations ago this was massive and so it's not like this is just a 20-year thing so when you're thinking about reimagining this you also mentioned you're in boston you had a moving company Mm -hmm. which still exists yep right so you're kind of now juggling multiple different you're you're here (laughs) trying to completely redo this biodiverse farm which will require years Mm -hmm. you've still got a business across the country running managing different people different expectations (laughs) (laughs) you know from all these different places and you stumble upon the sparkotypes in a kind of a funny way
0: (laughs) yeah kind of a ridiculous way um i was really at like the bottom truly the bottom a lot had just happened in the last two years i had switched multiple jobs my family had just had a lot of stuff going on. And I was really in this soul searching mode and was kind of scrolling through Instagram mindlessly one day and came across this assessment, this ad for an assessment. And I was like, don't do it. It's an Instagram ad. That's a bad idea. But I ended up taking it. And the results I got of being an advisor essentialist, something clicked in my brain. And it was like, I felt like I had, I was seen for the first time. And I think I always knew that I was definitely an advisor. I loved talking to people. I loved guiding people and really holding space for them and hearing about their lives. And then also reflecting back to them a distillation of what they had just told me about themselves. And really what really made everything click was the essentialist. That to me was something I had never recognized in myself. And once I finally recognized that pattern, I saw it in everything that I did. Whether it was talking to people managing projects and tasks building systems and designing ways that energy and information can all flow everything just clicked at that point
1: yeah it's interesting that you say that too because what we hear from a lot of essentialists is for a lot of their lives they don't actually think it's what they do it just happens to be a way they do things. not really saying that it's really it's something much deeper you know it's actually, it's the verb, not the adjective. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they realize that, it's like they can start to connect the dots yeah. across all these different things. And it's, it's like a sense-making thing.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So you realize this about yourself. You start integrating it in pretty much everything <laughs> that you do, the way that yeah. you do everything. But also you're, you're running effectively two companies, two organizations, yeah. you know, leading from different places. So how do you start to think about this in the context of, the people that, that are on your teams.
0: Yeah. So that was a really big thing for me. It's once I realized that I actually had this skill, there were so many people that were in our ecosystems. And as I was trying to cinch up everything for small hall, our moving company in Boston, so I could move back out here, I had to hire more people. And so we kind of sent out the word to everyone. We had two people come back. And the first thing I did was have them take the spark type test. So I could understand how to really interact with them. Like what were they looking for? what was actually going to light them up? Could I put them in the right seat? And I didn't know what I was going to be hiring each of them for. Um, There were definitely many facets of my job that needed to kind of be divvied up. So I had one person who was a nurturer advisor and another person who was a warrior advocate. And as I started to really get to know them, I understood that they really needed to be in completely different kinds of roles that would ultimately complement each other So I had one person, the um, nurturer advisor, handling all the customers, dealing with the education, really getting to interact with people. And then the other person was in charge of logistics and more complex organizational structures and making sure that he was dealing with the crew members because he was that leader. He knew all the people that were on the trucks. He really understood how to advocate for them, making sure that they were paired with the right people, put on the right kinds of jobs. And as we started to define these rules for them, they fit so perfectly into the organization that there was very little friction. And I was just like, there's something here. There's definitely something here now.
1: Yeah, it's. I love hearing that. You know, I love sort of like seeing how people are integrating it with themselves, but also with the people on their teams. Because on the one hand, you know, big picture from making things work more effectively and more efficiently, it's super cool because like you said, it can have this sort of ability to remove friction. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, when you care about people mm. and you want them to feel like they're showing up and doing something that makes them feel like they're their best selves as often as possible, like as much of them is actually being given a space to show up. Yeah. It's like you get the benefit as the organization, but also you get the benefit of you know, being a caring human being, yeah. knowing that you're finding ways to help caring beings that you care about.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, do, do the thing that makes them feel nourished.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was really amazing to see how much more people were lit up doing what they were doing. And it was almost like they were coming into this genius zone that they didn't even know that they had. And if you could really just kind of put them in that right seat, it was like the lights just flicked on. It was really amazing.
1: I love seeing that. What are you thinking about? Because I know that you're you're never thinking about just the present. (laughs) You're always sort of like 10 steps out about (laughs) the future. What do you think about, I'm curious, not just future in terms of Working with the sparkotypes, but bigger picture, I'm curious. Like, where are you going with everything?
0: Yeah. So to me, really, this is we're. Th- this is the creation of the mycelial network. Really, we are building these hubs, and as I started to recognize the patterns in the world and in nature, I started seeing that also reflected in people, in organizations, and was really trying to create this biomimicry in the way that we were designing teams. And so looking at the farm as like the major hub in this wheel that has all these spokes going out to these smaller farms, and then really all these people, like sand essentially, in this entire ecosystem that needed to kind of be put into a database so that we could find them, know what their skills were, ideally know what their sparkotypes were, so that when we needed a combination of team members... I knew how to pull them all together based on the domains of interest and then what they love doing and what they were naturally gifted at. I think the biggest difference I'm realizing is like in that team structure, it's people that really have to want to come together. That you can't really just pull together a group of people and expect them to want to really show up in the way that would light them up. Even if you do have them doing things that they love doing, if there isn't that like, that true, true trust at the foundation of it.
1: I mean, nothing happens without trust and safety. Yeah. You yeah. know, especially if you're asking people to work really hard and to say no to other things, Yeah. you know? It's like, I found that so many times with different things that I've built, sort of like people will sacrifice a lot. They'll say no to, to money, the status, yeah. the power, to be a part of something where they feel like they can show up and be who they are, where they believe in the bigger mission. But like you said also, even with that, if there's no sense of trust and safety, Game over. Nothing happens. But if you have all three of those, it's like, it's unstoppable. I mean, people will work harder for the love and the passion, like in the sense of like meaning and impact than they normally would. I am so excited for, I mean, what you're doing now is amazing to me. You know, I I can't wait to see what what it looks like a year from now and three years and five years from now. I'm I'm inspired by the way you look at the world, by just your commitment to um, creating meaning in a lot of different ways which is interesting so we've been walking you know we kind of look down at the farm and the valley behind us now and you mentioned earlier you know this kind of started with you coming back because you felt like you had to come back and then days after you're here a fire comes tearing down And like we're standing at a point now where if you look at the brush off to the side you can see it's all burned out You know, like we're literally where the fire was.
0: Yeah. It came, that structure that you see right there, it's it's an arena. All this was burned right up to three feet right before that arena.
1: Well, I'm glad that you're here (laughs) to sort of spearhead a process of renewal. Mm. And thank you so much for sharing time today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
1: Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life. And maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life, take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.